Greetings, rulers. For our 28th night rule, we were very pleased to be joined by comedians Keith Carey and Ethan Hirschenfeld um, for a very fun and somewhat provocative discussion. Uh, apologies to both of them. I think they were probably not expecting me to broach some of the topics I broached. I maybe was uh, looking to go on a little rant today, so um, <laughs> I appreciate them uh, adding the appropriate caveats and uh, and balancing out the discussion for me a little bit. Um, but uh, <laughs> regardless of my many failings, uh, both on this episode and on others, uh, it was still a very fun time, and I'm sure you're all going to enjoy it very much, so don't sweat it. Um, if you want to help us uh, fund a higher tier Zoom license or membership, please do visit us at patreon.com slash nightrule to become a patron and access a lot of our cool bonus content. Um, our intro today, uh, since we spent some time talking about some de-evolved human beings, uh, not going to name names, Stephen Crowder, but you know, you know who they are. Um, we're going to be listening to some Devo. So the name of this song is Growing Pains. And uh, and the outro today is from Takanaka Masayosh. Uh, the name of this song is Feedbacks Feel. And please do uh, reach out on Twitter and uh, give us feedback on the show. Uh, feel free to admonish. Feel free to enlighten. Feel free to just give uh, your perspective and, and, and speak to your own experience and uh, join the discussion. So... Without any further ado, this is Night Rule. I promise not to use any of this audio. I'll be, I'll be throwing the tape away. Don't worry. 
Um, and I'm on video. I was I was saying to Keith Ethan that uh, this is not a video version, still not ready. Although I think in a few weeks we will launch on YouTube. I mostly just want to show off how incredibly fucking disheveled I look, and also this sweet background. Um, that's interesting, though. I've never actually been present for the first meeting between um, between a couple of comedians. That was that was uh, that, that you guys uh, had a good comedy there. That was a nice uh, a nice tone well, of that. I know. I know. Sometimes it can. What be... What ritual did you think was going to happen? Like, well, there was I have no idea. Some sort of exchanging I... of fucking uh, rubber chickens or something like. <laughs> yeah, something. I felt or, like uh, it was. Uh, I felt like we we both were trying a little too hard, and it was a little bit. It was a little forced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we we're both coming in with real alpha energy we're like yeah. oh, i'm the coolest comedian on this podcast yeah. <laughs> uh i'll try to tone it down no yeah. no no uh, to be honest too high uh, energy dog yeah um so we're so happy to be uh joined on uh today's night rule or this evening's night rule by the time people listen to this by uh comedian keith carey and comedian ethan hershenfeld i think uh are you both entering the prestigious three timers club today for night rule i think you I think might so be. holy fuck wow what wow. came to this wow. i mean honestly just because i'm i'm a very deluded uh and unintelligent person i will say you know we should broach the subject of uh remuneration at some point because to be honest, I, I want to be like the only podcast that actually pays people to come on. I know that's a very strange concept. No, I, as... get paid, I get paid by all of them. You're the only one who doesn't pay. Yeah. <laughs> I assume this was some sort of make-a-wish situation is why I've been doing this for free. Well, there's yeah. that too. I mean, I, I am at death's door pretty much in one in one way or another at, at all times. You look ill. I mean, I look suicidal is the biggest problem. You know, I just am thinking of bridges <laughs> right now. That's uh, the, the eternal struggle. Um, but look, I don't know. You, got, you look you great. Are... I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, do I? What do you think of the zoom filter? See, this is going to make this is like a teaser for the night rule YouTube once I launch it. Beautiful. I don't know. I, I don't think, understand what it is, but uh, I like it. We uh, we have to. It's Final Fantasy six for the Super Nintendo, because um, I, I really have discovered that one of the most important things in life is signaling to people the pop culture that is from your childhood that that is important to you and bonding with them just based purely on that alone as like a pure superficial kind of uh, social hooking up. Where you're like, oh, you like Seinfeld? I like Seinfeld too. We're now best friends. It's a very like fourth grade approach. In fact, I think Seinfeld had a great joke about that. Or I'm not sure if it was actually him who wrote it. I realized the 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 intro to Seinfeld, those those bits where he's doing the stand-up, was not just Jerry Seinfeld's stand-up. Like the writers of the show were writing that too. Apparently it was one of the harder things to to churn out huh. for each episode, which I found interesting. But he had one where it was really funny. It was like, oh, you know, like like you're you're when you're a kid, you decide who's your friend based on like who has a ping pong table, you know? It's like, oh, we both like ping pong. Okay, you're my best friend forever. And I feel like now we're, we're living that, but in our thirties or in my thirties rather. Ping I'm pong is amazing. Um, it, it's, it is a great game. Do you play ping pong? No, nah, I have played ping pong. Um, it's been a while since I've been involved in the ping pong community. Doesn't Susan Sarandon have some kind of massive ping pong facility in New York? Wasn't that a thing? I'm sure it's probably shut down now. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I love it. I played a lot briefly as an adult and I loved it. And I said, oh, I'm gonna get one of these. And then I never got a table, so. Well, you also need like an ungodly amount of space. Like, I don't know, I don't, I don't know if many of the Neo Surfs have uh, sufficient space for like a bed. Uh, All I know is the, the Susan Sarandon ping pong facility sounds like some Scientology shit. Like, I don't know. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it's just legitimately Susan Sarandon was just like, exactly like Ethan said, ping pong is awesome. And she she just loved it. So she like opened up like a, some. I'm I'm not shitting you. Like a, just a string 
of ping pong, like uh, what would you call them? Halls, like a pool hall, except for ping pong. Yeah. And then she would just right. hang out and fucking play ping pong all day. And it's not a Scientology thing at all. Susan Sarandon is a badass, man. Like she's uh, she's definitely not one of those Hollywood uh, Scientology types. Right. I'm, I'm a huge Susan Sarandon fan. I mean, the, I'm going to hang up the call right now if you say anything ill. But like if you, if you don't talk I, shit I, on Thelma and Louise. I didn't you to get so defensive about the Sarandon <laughs> ping pong atorium. Jesus Christ. Well, now, you, now you know. Now you know. So I don't know if you guys had time to look at it, but I wanted to talk about the uh, the Steven Crowder uh, brouhaha from the last few days. Did uh, did either of you come across this uh, this so called uh, Steven Crowder video where he talks about? I did not. And, oh, that's I like I didn't. But there's no way there's a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow. No, it's like uh, what, what is his deal? Like just kind of brief. I I know the name. I don't really know what his deal he's, is. He's uh. He, he's a YouTuber. Um, I guess he kind of calls himself a comedian, but he's really kind of like a right-wing um, commentator more than anything else. Uh, okay. And he's got he's got like five million plus YouTube subscribers. He's pretty big. He's got a pretty big platform. Gotcha. Um, and like the, his style of humor is basically um, like like grade school boys uh, level, where like it's like oh I'm gonna say something that's like. Uh, controversial or i'm just gonna like repeat something i saw on tv and, pa and passed off of my own like the, the, the fucked up thing is all all his whole his whole shtick was just lifted completely from jb smooth uh jb smooth's leon on curb like it's just it's like oh. we're like beat for beat he's just basically channeling leon so he's like doing something that was done better like 12 years ago and also with like way more nuance but he's like going on about how right and also it's, done it's by an, also done by an african-american comedian yeah an actual comedian yeah no an actual african-american guy yeah yeah i think that's the biggest problem with the black farmer thing is probably not the oh he's not a real comedian thing right that's true yes yeah yeah the the problem i mean i had never heard the guy's name or seen anything of him but you sent me that video so i watched um it was painful to even sit through two seconds of it he just seems like an idiot uh who's not funny and who's like like you said he's like a middle school just a uh, white boy creep and being a racist. I don't understand why it's worthy of, honestly, anyone's attention. Yeah. What, what is the bit again? Cause I didn't watch the video. So, so basically, so. basically it's like uh, they're, they're, they're talking about how in not a bit, it doesn't rise to the level of a bit. It's just okay. basically making fun of the very notion that there are black farmers. Again, I only watched there's, about 30 seconds. Of there's it. some slavery yeah. jokes in there. I mean, basically, sure. um, uh, he, because they're talking about uh, there's some there's some provisions in the uh, the COVID relief bill, you know, the big omnibus bill that just passed uh, for black farmers and, it, and then obviously targeted towards, well, actually not just black farmers. I think it tries to deal with like, apparently the Department of Agriculture has, has been racist to fuck. Oh, I'm shocked to find this out forever. So like any, anytime, anytime they've had money to give out, they're just like, oh, what, you're a black farmer, you're a uh, Latino farmer or like a Native American or Asian American farmer, fuck off. And like, uh, you know, so basically they're trying to like address some of that in this bill. And then there's like these, these four fucking yahoos uh, sitting in like a basement and Steven Crowder is like, uh, he's dressed up kind of like Nathan Drake from uh, the Uncharted series or like an Indiana Jones type guy. He's got like, he's got this tight like uh, shirt, like kind of almost like a, what was the look, Jurassic World? 
um what's the guy from the chris pratt vibe like chris pratt vibe but like and he's got a holstered gun that he wears which gives you an idea of like what kind of brand they're they're working with but um basically they call into question that black farmers like even exist um and then one of them makes this incredibly insane joke about uh, how oh i thought they didn't want to be farmers i thought that was the whole problem or whatever and it's just like dude like fuck off with that shit like that is some racist that is a racist fucking slavery joke if i ever heard one like give me a break and then and then he just goes into this like leon impression from curb where he's like oh, i'm barack obama i'm the i'm the king of plowing that ass but he's just he's literally just doing an impression of jb smooth's character and jb smooth is like his his work on curb is like my all one of my all-time favorites so it really pisses me off that's like it's, it's what a kid would do it's what i would have done when i was in the sixth grade i would have like gone to school and just like you know did a bit that i heard of that i saw on tv and passed right. it off as my own but like I, i'm not getting well next week he's putting getting... next week he's putting out a video called the uh, seven words you can't say on youtube so he's got yeah, some exactly. original material coming down the pipeline yeah he really does um but i don't know i feel, watching the video it's like the people that the the guys in it are having so much fun i mean i think i think there's this element as well with this racism these racist types and it kind of it came up when um the canadian prime minister justin trudeau had like a blackface controversy where there was all this blackface they that he wore that they had pictures of at various parties when he was like a teenager and it's like i think i think i think these like this racism is so endemic in in these people's minds that um and i think some theorists talk about this as well it's like when you live when you live in a world where white supremacy is is kind of the order of the day and then and black people are really like not considered human and there's there's just this like rigid hierarchy there's like things that that come into the into play to kind of justify it and one of them is that like black people are like magic in some way um and they and 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 there's this like difference where like being black like for example for steven crowder like i'm sure he imagines being black is actually like the most fun thing ever because in his twisted mind compared to his fucking vapid existence as like a nothing it looks like oh, okay like this gangster rapper like is just so much cooler than me and they're living this like so much better life so you combine that with the denial of like historical racism and prejudice and whatnot that it's just like because of course the the white the white guy is the one that has the license to go and and play this game and make a joke of it and have have fun whereas you know uh, the people of color are the ones that have to go out and actually like live in a racist world like they, it's not a, it can't be a game to them you know um and it's just it's really disturbing stuff like it makes me wonder because i don't think like i, I think i I'm, I'm probably more hopeful than most people and in, in that i feel as though the system of white supremacy likely will uh die out at some point like i feel like, i don't want to say it's only a matter of time it's inevitable i don't want to be fatalistic it'll require a lot of work and, and struggle but like people aren't just going to be like okay you know what white supremacy is fine across the board like i don't see it that well world, i think there, i think there's happening. just so much more of a a consciousness of it beyond like there's always been this kind of dividing line i think in terms of like white people and how we understand how racism works where it's like we know guy burning a cross bad but I think you're seeing more and more of a cultural understanding among people of like all these deeper systemic ways in which uh, that shit still exists. And I think that that's more of a conversation than it's ever been in my lifetime, you know, short as it is. So I think the more that happens, the more to your point, everything's going to kind of start to, uh, you know, move in a more positive direction. You hope. 
Yeah, and and I think with with the, the, these these Crowders and Tucker Carlson's and all these people, where <clears throat> they're still kind of engaging, they're 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 revivifying like the most cruel elements of of racism and whatnot, and taking like almost this like sick joy in it. Um, I feel like what all those people are going to accomplish is just making it as making it, making it more messy and making it much more painful to make this transition because they're they're not going to be able to fucking stem the tide. They're just going to make people. Uh, like experience more pain and more suffering than is necessary down the path, which I, which is, is kind of what I find most disturbing. Um, like the last gasps of, of this, I mean, I'm, again, I'm being maybe hopeful. Like some people would say, you know what, it's probably not a sure thing, but. I think um, yeah. I, 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 I don't, I don't honestly feel super comfortable us three white guys. I'm assuming you're white Keith. Uh, yes, I am on, on this subject. It's worth pointing out. No, I mean, I, it's, I, I, I thought I thought about calling this. Uh, I thought about calling yeah. this episode three white guys. To be honest, I'm I'm no, comfortable, no, no. but I, but I, tell I, me why I, you're I, not. Tell I, me why you're not comfortable. That's, that's not that wasn't my point. I just wanted to put that out there. My point is that yeah. I don't think there's anything surprising or honestly noteworthy about that video of that idiot discussing and just making racist jokes, and and then the point that he's having fun doing it. Yeah, racism is super fun mm. for those racist white guys. It makes them feel great. That's why they do it. That's why it's been around for so long. It gives them a sense of superiority. It's pathetic. It's disgusting. It's violent. It's harmful. It's all those terrible things. And they're having a great time with it. And I don't see any evidence that it's going away, unfortunately. And look, I always kind of go back to the idea of like... I think you can make jokes that, you know, play in a racial space and could be offensive. It's like cooking with that puffer fish where like, if you cut it exactly the right way, it's great. But if you cut it a little bit wrong, it's poison. I think there's a way to do this kind of stuff where people in on the joke and say a good thing as opposed to where it comes off as racist and it comes off as actually like opposing the people they're talking about. And I haven't seen the, the Crowder video, but a lot of these kind of like right-leaning sort of provocateur air quote comedy people like they're they know what they're doing they're being offensive because they want you know people on the left to be pissed off and hate share it and that's where they get more uh, attention and more audience right and, and, and also that thing i think that's exactly right and also i've said this before they're not funny there's no such thing as a right-wing comedian they're yeah. not comedians. yeah well, it's they kind of a refuge of a, it's kind of the refuge of a scoundrel, like that saying about religion too. It's like, if you can just say, oh, I'm a comedian, I'm trying to be funny. It's like, it's like, just like complete bullshit, right? Yeah. Comedy is, is, is a left-wing thing. It's a subversive thing. It's a, it's an outsider thing. These guys thrive on the idea that they're the complete inside top of the heap. That's not comedy. That's just inherently not the funny stance. It's not a funny place to be uh talking or operating from and therefore it's not funny it just isn't. yeah um you use the word of the day inherently um which uh will bring me to our next topic so i don't know if you guys watched um and probably i'm hoping you haven't the the oprah interview with uh harry and megan but uh feudalism has been on my mind for the last little while after watching it um i feel as though uh really like probably the number one person or group we have to thank for the continued any any vestige of any kind of popularity for the institution of, of monarchy um pretty much begins and ends with disney ultimately at this point <laughs> i feel as though for 50 plus years you know Dis i love you disney you make a lot of great shit i'm not i'm not going to claim that you're like just pure evil 
but they have they have supported the institution of monarchy by literally making it look like a fairy tale. And I feel as though what we should do is release a series of animated features in the Disney style that are rated R and show a little bit more of like your Game of Thrones brand or flavor yeah. of or, like or historical the reality realism. of the royal the reality of the royal family where it's like all right Cinderella gets to be part of the royal family which is a bunch of cousins fucking each other so they can keep controlling India like that's perfect perfect yeah that'll be our that'll be our first one yeah and I think um didn't that show the crown achieve a little bit of that although I guess it even though it's, it's uh, looking at it critically it, it also glorifies the whole thing well, it's interesting. Like I, I, I feel as though I have to watch The Crown because I know it gets talked about a lot. Um, and I'm glad you brought it up because yeah, for sure. It's carrying that torch, but kind of in a more, in a different way. Like, uh, I mean, I haven't watched that, but I, I'm a, I was a big fan of Downton Abbey um, up to a point. And, uh, and I feel as though, who was the writer of that? Fellows, I think Julian Fellows, something like that. He actually became like a, he got uh, some kind of appointed like they put him in the House of Lords at one point, the conservatives, um, you know, by way of appreciation for his work. But like that, that show kind of did, did, had this nuanced, interesting take where it was like, okay, we're going to do the upstairs, downstairs thing. And you'll see it from, from the both sides of the class divide to a certain extent, while still ultimately kind of making the overarching point that like conservatism is, uh, you know, mostly just a positive kind of harmless thing. Um, and I feel like the crown kind of exists in that milieu. Yeah. I've never understood the sort of like obsession with the royal family that like regular people have. And then I've started to see it in the past few years. There's this weird like level of like sort of we're getting there with politicians in this country where like people, you know, people like fall in love with these elected officials and like treat them like they're inherently good. And I nothing is lamer to me than like being horny for your superior. You know what I mean? Uh, than like being excited totally about the ruling class like you're the kid who loves his teacher you're a fucking nerd like yeah. these people <laughs> exist to work for us and usually screw us over like try and find mm. the least bad one and move on with your life but you know it reminds me actually uh because a friend of mine and he was totally right he said because i don't know if you guys know about the cbc in canada again i'm from canada fuck fuck yeah. me uh someone recently <laughs> told me to fuck off for being in canada it was a very pleasant conversation um, what a what a weird thing to be mad at you for! Like you didn't yeah, you didn't good. tell your parents to bang. Well, here. like that's, that's not your fault. Uh, did they bang here originally? I think they banged. No, they were banging abroad. They kind of did a world tour before settling down because they were planning on doing more banging and they wanted that socialized medicine. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I didn't mean to assume but, <laughs> your parents bang history. I apologize. To be honest, to be honest, I'm just glad to have the opportunity to to get to picture it. Um, so. <laughs> Hey man, uh, I had to do 20 minutes about being the white guy talking about racism. Now you get to be uncomfortable. Honestly, like I'm I'm glad I, I'm glad we all felt the need to like we definitely that's a very necessary caveat. But as far as I'm concerned, like white people, as long as they have that caveat and as long as they aren't, you know, as long as they're being like suitably like humble in their analysis, um, should be comfortable talking about racism. Because honestly, and they make this point yeah. on Champagne Sharks is one of my favorite podcasts that like ultimately white people are the ones that still have all the fucking power. So <laughs> it's helpful for them to be able to have, like, for example, a conversation among, amongst themselves. I mean, at least right, try. But amongst themselves is an important point. This is a podcast. So your point might not apply to having this conversation and then sharing it with the world. I'm, not, I'm saying might. Like you're, you're assuming that 
there's a platform for three white guys to be talking about racism. That's something that the world needs to hear. And there's a good argument to be made that there really isn't any need for this to be shared with anyone. I'm not no, saying it's, it's, it's I'm not... three white guys talking about another white guy talking about racism. So it's really just whiteception. It's so a lot of layers of happening. It's so attenuated. I mean, it's it's uh, it's attenuated to the point of I don't know. In any case, I just put that out there as as, yeah. as, as an idea. Yes. Um, which is why I'm, I'm more comfortable transitioning to the uh, to the monarchy discussion. But honestly, like once you guys start, once we started talking about my parents, quote unquote, banging, my mind just <laughs> completely blanked, and I forgot everything I was fucking planning on talking about. All right, well let's let's back it up a little bit. So your dad's got a dick, right? All right, uh, so right, and then right. that goes in, and then you're back. <laughs> Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> Not like this. Sorry. Not like this. Sorry, I don't know. This is all I know how to do. I didn't know we were doing fucking smart guy shit today. Um, okay, well, uh, any more pitches vis-a-vis -vis the, the rated R um, Disney-style uh, films that could show the true nature of, like, uh, feudalism? Like, we could do one where, like, uh, the monarch ends up, like, murdering six of his grandchildren or something, you know? Which is something that happened all the time. Like, these people were murdering each other all the time. Just like nonstop right. murder, murder for breakfast, murder for lunch, murder for tea and dinner. Like it was just ridiculous. So you go to Wikipedia and read the life of like any monarch. It almost always starts with he murdered seven of his brothers to attain the throne. Yeah, it so almost seems like you don't really need to do any revision to show how creepy the whole thing is. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'll I'll I'll. I'll I'll continue to workshop it, you know, HBO, Showtime, very interested. Um, so I also wanted to ask you guys, so, okay, actually back to the conversation before. So like, what what should I pay you to be on the Night Rule podcast? By the way, shout out to our patrons because we have two now, which is amazing. Um, I can't remember their names because honestly, the whole like parents having sex thing is like created a uh, complete uh mental you really vortex don't want it. you gotta remember your donors names you have to remember yeah. it's more important than remembering your guests names get those donors names who, who, who are you guys well especially because their names are your mom and your dad weirdly so you think true. you would remember that you think yeah i think i would uh i believe it's paul paul are you paul. there oh Thank incorrect paul. email yeah here we go we're fucked now um but anyways i think we're making we're making a mint right now on this, guys. We're making a fucking mint on this show. You know what? Just, what do you got? Like a cool eight bucks a month? Let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah, it's about eight bucks a month. So yeah, I figure, dude. I figure if we can, if we can bamboozle two or three more people, I could maybe afford to run the show at a loss and pay guests twenty bucks a hit. Like, how does that? How does that compare to like a? I mean, if you guys wanted to go back in time to before. You know, you were a little more you, before you became established, uh, became the veteran comedians you are when you were just starting out. Like, did anyone give you 20 bucks to start? Um, I don't think I've ever gotten paid to do a podcast and I've never thought to ask. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. That's why I want to do it. Just to fuck with people, you know, because yeah, I have to agree with, agree with Keith. I don't think that any money changes hands. In the podcast world why not why not like uh, like you guys are bringing much more to the table here than i am I mean, let's keep it real <laughs> so because yeah, I, 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 I sent a, i sent a couple of emails and like that's the thing like i feel like i feel like podcasting right now is very much in this economic space where it's it's what can you get away with 
And that's it, right. You think you think we lived in a society that developed enough over tens of thousands of years where it was more along the lines of, oh, this is the way we do things because we've kind of figured it out. And we're trying to improve stuff here and there. Well, you know, this is the way we do things. It's and we've gone back to like the Gilded Age or like the 19th century where we have like robber barons and it's like, uh, what can you get away with? Okay, yeah, good enough. Let's go. All right. Well, you've talked me into it. A thousand bucks. <laughs> All right. Well, you're under. You're aware of the underlying economic uh, fundamentals here, right? Are you talking about the, the Canadian dollar? Is that what you're talking? About? Yeah. I don't even. I, I don't even know what that thing is. You know, I think actually because this person told me to fuck off because I was Canadian, I think I'm gonna finally have to just move to America. That's probably. I think that's probably like hey, the number one Canada reason Canadians America. Canadians move yeah. to America if they can is is they're just tired of being talked down to for being Canadian. Isaac. What was the context show, of him telling I'll show you to fuck you. off for being Canadian? Uh, it was a discussion about God. Can't even remember now. Were you sleeping with his wife? No, but I but I did invite his daughter on the podcast. So there it is. There it yeah. is. Yeah, maybe there's some jealousy there. Um, By the way, I just have to defend Canada for a minute here. You just said Canadians move to America. Canada is America. Jesus. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, the Austro Austro Hungarian Empire, pre Nazi. Third Reich type of thing, you mean? No, just we're no, just waiting. We're oh, just waiting I, to be integrated into the greater whole. No, I just mean that. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not what I mean at all. I think Canada is also in America. Oh, so you mean Hitler, right? Fucking leave. I mean, my whole life, when you say the word America to Canadians, when you're referring to the U.S., they explain that what are you, you're being completely ethnocentric. Canada is America. We're mm. all part of America. Come on, man. Don't make yeah. me explain. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. By the way, <laughs> By the way I... <laughs> fuck you for being Canadian. <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, thank you, Nicholas, for being a patron. Thank you, Alex, for being a patron. You are Alex the happy... and Nicholas. By the, the way, the happy few. Names of the czars. Those guys are czars, speaking that's of the royal it, family. Those, they're probably the actual czars. See, that's funny because he knew we were going to be talking about feudalism today. And he said, hey, you know what? I. He's like, I got, I got to show these guys it's not so bad. You know, it ended well for him. It worked out well for him, as I recall, Nicholas Czar or Czar Nicholas. Wow! Didn't they just give him a big parade at the end of that? Yeah. Um, I remember I had a family member that was obsessed with uh, who was who was like the long lost daughter, like the legend of the long lost daughter of the Czar, Alexandria Anastasia? or something. Anastasia. Raya. I think Raya. Mm, right, oh, well, right, right. That's the Pixar film. Right, right, right. It's a weird, it's a weird thing to be obsessed with. Um, but yeah, I think I think we could churn out like five to six like Game of Thrones style. I mean, I probably should stop saying Game of Thrones style because it's not going to be fantasy. It's more like just a rooted uh, historical authenticity, but presented. Uh, I mean, maybe it should be an anime. I don't know. Why? Do, um, what does that word even mean? What is the difference between anime and animated? So anim anime Japanese. just means from Japan, yeah, because it replaced it replaced the term Jap animation, which surprisingly people did not care for. Okay, you're right. Yeah. Okay. But I, also, I also Japanimation, because Jap animation sounds way worse. That's true too. Uh, but also, anime is, is just the, the Japanese word for it. So um, okay. that's what I yeah. assumed, but I thought maybe there was some distinction uh i mean i'm but not let me, I'm, let me just yeah. say this again i don't want to be this hectoring lecturing guy but you can tell that same anecdote isaac you just did with actually without, without actually saying that 
hugely offensive word for that genre. You could say there used to be a really horrible offensive word for it, but now we just say anime. That's just you know what? No, it, no, it's it's Japan and animation. Right. There's no so space I would have just between said that, Keith. I wouldn't even repeat that thing. It's super super old school offensive to even say that there's no reason to say that out loud. it serious. is pretty old school that's like some world war ii era uh racism yeah. that's true yeah wow maybe i'm a, I, I might be i might be a little bit of a racist no i just need to i need to consider my words more carefully which to be honest is probably what's going to read on my gravestone it's going to say my name date of birth date of death and it's going to say he should have chosen his words more carefully <laughs> guaranteed Please make sure make sure that happens. Um, and then there should be some like actual mistake in the words that are chiseled into your gravestone. So oh, be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here lies Isaac. Poe buddy's nerfect. There's your there's your gravestone. Yeah. Um, so I guess uh, I need to spend uh, some of my nine Patreon dollars on upgrading my Zoom subscription because they're going to cut <laughs> us off in eight minutes and fifty six seconds. I just saw us getting the light in the corner. <laughs> um. But uh, how how are you guys doing? I'm so I'm so glad I could introduce you to uh, two of my favorite comedians from, uh, you know, both from the heartland of America, deep in in the flyover country, uh, Los Angeles. I, I want to first of all let me just apologize to your audience. I feel like I'm I'm coming off as a real curmudgeon today, and um, if I'm coming off as as like eighty percent cur curmudgeon, it's just not accurate. I'm really like ninety five percent. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, you're not, you're, I mean, honestly, your curmudgeonity, which is a, a term I'm going to coin now, is probably in relation to my, uh, again, my frivolity, my lack of uh, control over my words, my, uh, what's, what's the word I'm really looking for? I'm being um, trite or, uh, anyways, in inelegant in my choice of words. Therefore, it has required you to step up to the plate with your cur curmudgeonitude. That's all. That's well, all. Well, we've 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 laid it out there. Our uh, disclaimers. Okay. Mm, mm. Um, if I can get the show to like twenty patrons, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna offer regular guests twenty bucks. By the way, I've asked Keith if he'd like to be a regular guest. Ethan, in spite of your curmudgeonitude, or perhaps because of it, I would like to extend the same offer to you, or rather, uh, awkward invitation to come on uh, on a regular basis. Because I always love talking to you, to, to you both. I love you both. Well, that's very sweet. Um, again, we're still negotiating on the thousand dollar fee. Yeah. Assuming, assuming we can come to some sort of, no, 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 that would be great. Well, you know, uh, like gate revenue is like really low, and I, I took an absolute bath in all my hotel uh, investments, so oh. it's been t it's been tough for me. Did you actually have investments in hotels? Oh God, can you actually can can someone like me actually invest in hotels? I, that would that would be the next great meme stock, you know, a la GameStop or AMC. Like invest in like uh, Hilton, <laughs> right? Because they're all taking a bath right now, right? Right. Which, well, by the way, be, now would be a great, could be a great time to buy if it's a, if it's going to rebound at the end. That's of the also day. true. I I think I think in terms of metaphors though for or, or idioms or phrases having to do with losing money, I think I, think, I don't know why, but taking a bath has always made me smile. That I think maybe funny. maybe it's just because I love baths and yeah. baths are inherently yeah, taking funny. Taking a bath rules. I don't know why that's the the phrase for the bad thing. I agree. And also, I heard someone just say today that they were half in the bag for being drunk. Half in the yeah. bag. I don't know what the hell. What is that? Uh, yeah. What is the bag? Uh, yeah. That's is a good that, question. Are you hiding the liquor <laughs> in the bag? Maybe you're like climbing into the bag to drink. There's like liquor in the bag. 
Or maybe it's, it's like a, body, one of those a body. It could be a body bag, and you've almost had enough to kill yourself. Yeah. There you go. But then that sounds a little too whimsical for how dark that shit is. Yeah. Yeah. I was also wondering, I was thinking about this today, and maybe you guys can tell me, like, I don't know where, like, there's a lot of, uh, you hear the term barbarian, barbarous, barbarity thrown around a lot, and I just don't understand how barbers got this kind of reputation for being so unkempt. Like, my guy, I go in there, you know, the place is clean, he's well-spoken, he's an educated guy, we can talk on many subjects, and to be honest, his grooming is fucking immaculate. Like, his Wait, mustache could cut glass. Is this an extended joke about <laughs> the word barbarian? <laughs> it, it, it sure is. Oh, okay. I just wanted oh, to make sure. <laughs> we should have negotiated the pay before we had to hear that. Oh, uh, sorry about that. Applaud your bravery with just <laughs> the, the audacity to open this with explaining what comedy is and to end with the barber pun. Well, I mean, I wish someone could explain comedy to me because, like, to be honest, I'll explain I... comedy to you with a counter example. Last night okay. I was on the show for St. Patrick's Day and I opened with this. Um, does anyone know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you see a riddle. That's a good way to open it. Stand up. Can anyone name the Irish part of the body? It's oh, the my God. It, wait, Keith, you had one? No, no, no. Sorry, I said I don't oh. think I can. Oh, it's the oblique. <laughs> is that a muscle? That's a muscle, yeah. yeah. Muscle. Isn't that like in your I leg or something? It starts with the letter O. It's a muscle and it's <laughs> idiotic. I think the problem I have is I'm too fat, so I don't really know what any of the muscles are called. They're all just theoretical to me. It's like, the love, it's the thing under the love handle. Right. Gotcha. Like gotcha. A, by the hip. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yours is better than mine. Keith, not, not really. Not can really. you can you explain comedy to us in the here? Oh no, I'm not good at it. Or? I'm just good at being rude to other people who try. That's okay. uh, that's really my thing. That works. It's, that works. You don't have to actually have a real skill set if you're just kind of a dick. I always heard that uh, the best com like the best jokes and the funnest time and the best comedy was always in the green room at a club. Is that is that actually true or is that something that someone put in a documentary? I've, uh, I've never been invited in here, so I don't know. <laughs> Wait, is that a cigarette? What did you just stick in your mouth? No, it's, it's a pen. It's a pen. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I thought it was like some long ass like Cruella de cigarette. Like that was what it looked yeah, like no. at first. Yeah. Is he smoking Virginia Slims? Honestly, I look like the kind of guy who like would be smoking like like a really like an incredibly cheap cigarette, you know, like the cheap like a cigarette that someone bought for like a ridiculously low amount relative to the mean. I I, I think it's either that or you're smoking clothes and explaining Radiohead to an uh, like a disinterested woman. Like that's really mm. the look you have is one of those two. Mm, mm, um, mm. I wanted to jump back into that green room thing. I wanted to answer yes. honestly. I think it's. It's, it's like two different places in one. It's, it's where you are before you go on stage and then it's where you go on after you've been on stage. And those things are totally different experiences of the same space, mm, I think. Because mm, all, all the tension and thinking about your show coming up and how it's gonna go and all that. And then coming in, that's just, that's like huge relief, celebratory, whatever, so. That's my feeling about it. Similar to like a theatrical performance, you know, backstage five minutes before, backstage five minutes oh, after, yeah. totally different universes. Yeah, good point. Right. Yeah. It's like well, the, the green room dynamic is always weird too when like one guy did really well and one guy kind of ate shit. Like that's always an <laughs> mm. odd energy to balance out. Yeah. Mm. 
Um, well, I was going to say it's like the waiting room at a whorehouse when you're 16 and your dad took you there to, to learn. Yeah. <laughs> you know how about it. Yeah. Totally, totally, totally. The only difference is the hooker is definitely getting paid more than we are. Yeah. But both, yeah, but both scenarios involve a large group of people watching you do your thing. <laughs> oh, was that just the weird place that my dad? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, now we're in this awkward place though because Skynet is cutting us off in a minute and thirty-one seconds. Right, well, and I don't know if I, I don't know if I should go jump in the bay. Have you not jumped in the bay yet? Oh no, man, high tide is three forty-eight. So our, I'm about our to second, go. our second polar bear approved episode. Um, I'm gonna have to think of a title for this. So, so glad you guys could both come on. Uh, yeah, man, this is fun. And like the timing works out for me, so uh, I'll maybe I can hook it up again like uh, next month once I uh, once the drugs wear off. Um, Thank you. Great to meet you, Keith. Great to see you. Yeah, Isaac. good to meet you too, man. Yeah. Where can people check you guys out just before we go? Oh, EthanHershenfeld.com. Uh, I'm at Keith tells jokes on all the social media. Yeah, uh, and I highly recommend uh, their work. Your uh, your album, Ethan, is Thug Thug Jew, available yes. on everywhere. Everywhere. Um, and then Keith, you do you don't you both do Instagram? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got Instagram. Uh, I also have a podcast called This Is Not a Show. If you want to uh, check that out. Cool. All right, guys. Well, uh, thank you for uh, admonishing and enlightening me and entertaining uh, everyone as always. And uh, we'll talk real, real soon. Cool. Thanks, man. 